episode 92, Online Review Automation. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're Matt Prado's Perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Hey, in case you missed it last week, I'm now a dad. My wife, Ruby, and I will be in and out of this one-month hospital stay, uh, voluntary. It's a 24-hour, seven days a week, nurses. You got a question, they'll come and answer it for you. Hey, look at this. Hey, can you change a diaper? Hey, we have to go uh, go run to the hospital, get a birth certificate. Uh, can you watch the kid for about two hours? Uh, anything and everything. They got yoga classes. They get the mom in shape, uh, socializing activities so they don't feel so uh, isolated during that first month. And then we're going to head over to Chengdu Embassy so this little baby can become American. Anyway, I won't do too many updates, but you know, it's fresh. So last week, this week, may not hear much about it in a while. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. I always think of it as a distinct honor to be able to be in your ears while you're driving, working out, or whatever it is that you're doing while you listen. Like I always say, take what you hear, critically think about it, implement it into your practice. And today, definitely uh, tuned in to a good episode. We got Matt Prados with Review Wave. You know, we all want to know about getting reviews, what's legal, what's not legal, how to encourage your patients to do these. Should we give them a template? Should we have them like recorded on a video and just put it on the website or, uh, you know, with Google and Yelp, uh, even Facebook? What's the best route to get good reviews? Or should they just do it in their own words, for instance? Can you use incentives? Can you do a raffle? And how do you handle negative reviews? Because you got HIPAA, a little twist in there for you. Uh, But to be honest, 84% of surveyed people said that they trust reviews as much as personal recommendation. So this is an important uh, topic to talk about. Matt does a great job. Uh, His company does it. It's automated. We'll talk way more about it, but it's a really cool service. Uh, Free trial, no setup fees, no long contracts. Uh, One thing that he said I thought was pretty cool was reviews need to be real, relevant, and good. And also, they're integrated in many of the softwares for chiropractors, audiologists, dentists, orthodontics, and even just some regular uh, CRM softwares. So get your pen ready. Get your OneNote or Evernote ready. All the show notes can be found at a doctor's perspective slash nine two. Let's go. Hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China. Today, we have got an amazing guest hailing from Orange County. His name is Matt Prados. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, there's lots of things we can do in life. And sometimes paths change and we, we find ourselves doing something that we probably would have never said we would have been doing five years ago. What's your backstory and, and what, what is it that you do? Sure. So for the last uh, 10 plus years, I've been doing digital marketing for uh, chiropractors all across the United States and Canada. And, you know, over time, we started to develop proprietary software that we use for our clients. And eventually that grew into bigger software platforms. And then one day I was kind of just at a crossroads of, you know, do I focus on digital marketing and and helping dozens or or hundreds of clients? Or do I switch over into the software where I can help thousands and thousands of clients? And uh, so we we made that switch uh, two years ago and ended up here. On the wow. podcast with you today. <laughs> Indeed. Wow. So you created a software. Like, Give us an explanation of what is it that we can expect this software to do? Because it's pretty impressive to me 
to find engineers or to be able to do it yourself, however you ended up doing it, mm-hmm. to create something and it actually works. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's pretty wild. Yeah, so you know, over the last 10 years, uh, part of digital marketing that not a lot of people do but that we pretty much specialized in was conversion optimization. And so that's basically you know, looking at the various steps of a funnel or how something works and, and tweaking it to get the maximum amount of results at the end of the funnel. And uh, you know, looking for you know, that one thing, like what's the one thing that everybody needs uh, or that would help everybody improve their practice? And when we sat down to look at that two years ago, the simple answer was reviews. You know, reviews uh, have become part of society. Uh, two years ago, they were big. Today, they're even bigger. Five, ten years from now, they're—I mean—they're gonna. It's the Bitcoin of your practice. Is is kind of the way I look at it. I mean, you're, you're never gonna see something go up in more value than reviews over time will for your for your individual practices. And so basically. We sat down, you know, for for eight years at that point, we had been working with hundreds of different offices, different doctors, different staff, different systems that they had in their office, talk to patients uh, and ask for reviews, whether it was handing out a pamphlet, sending an email. Uh, we had some offices send postcards after the fact, all kinds of different systems. Some of the pamphlets said how to create accounts. Some of them, you know, just gave links. I mean, just every which way we tried it. And, and none of it seemed to work. The, the office staff always got busy. The patients don't have a Google account. All, you know, every excuse in the book, the book is basically what we heard. And I knew it was a bunch of BS, and I knew that I had to crack it, and I had to figure out how do I crack that. And the way to crack that is to remove the extra work from the hardworking people. I mean, the receptionist is on the phone all day. She's handling billing questions. She's handling upset patients. She's taking patients back to therapy, whatever it is, you know, then the other therapy CAs, whatever. Everybody's feels like they're maxed out already. Nobody wants to spend more time doing extra work. And so we basically figured out how to use technology, how to use text messaging, how to use emails, how to use the right links, uh, and then how to integrate with each and every one of the main uh, chiropractic softwares from ChiroTouch to Platinum, EasyBiz, Genesis, uh, Eclipse, I'm forgetting some. But anyway, the, all of the major players in the space, we integrated with them. So we know when a patient comes in. We wait an hour. We send out a text and an email. The staff does absolutely nothing extra. This is all running in the background. The patient gets a text, an email, whatever. They click on it. They go through our special funnel, which is proprietary the way we designed it, uh, again, with all of our years of conversion optimization in mind. And uh, it just by removing that barrier, we found offices just having massive explosion in reviews. I mean, I've taken clients that are some of the biggest names in chiropractic that put on their own events that have thousands of chiropractors that come to their events, you know, who literally have been in business for decades that had seven reviews after two decades. And and in less than six months, they're they're approaching 100 five star Google reviews. And that's the difference with marketing automation. And, and what we've done is we've taken all of the work out of it, completely automated it, and, and given these practices real-life statistics that if they'll confront, will change their practice forever, will we'll increase patient retention, average patient value, referrals, rankings online, referrals from the internet, everything across the boards can increase if the actionable data is actually used. That's, that's still a, a part we can't completely automate. <laughs> right. But the nice part is, like you said, you get the patient's email, their phone number, put in the computer, 
And in the background, it's already sending out the text reminders and sending out the links, asking for reviews so you don't have yeah, to be the awkward we, one. They, exactly. The office doesn't have to do anything. They don't have to ask for the reviews. They don't have to feel that awkwardness. They don't have to feel like they're begging for reviews or bothering their people, any of that kind of stuff. We take all that data out of the EHR automatically, so they don't have to do anything. They literally do nothing. I've actually had doctors implement it without telling their staff, and then their staff you know, comes to them a couple weeks later going, what? have you seen all of our reviews? What's happening? And the, you know, the doctor you know, chuckles because they know exactly what's happening. Review wave is happening. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, basically, the, it had to be simplified. It had to be automated, and, and that's what's made it just a tremendous success. I think that'd be kind of fun to do to your staff because, you know, especially if they don't have to do it, you just pay for a service for a couple of months and then you let them like, hey, this is what's been going on. It's finally working. Referrals are increasing and they can't believe it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Um, what are some of the, the rules for Google? I know sure. sometimes you're not supposed to do competitions or like uh, you're not supposed to harass people too much. You can't pay for them. You're not supposed to. I don't know. What's the rules these days? Because it always changes. And I would think a raffle or a reward your patients for having a referral reward program would be beneficial. But what's the deal? Sure. So so there's different rules. There's There's Google's policies. There's Yelp's policies. And then here, you know, in the U.S., there's the Federal Trade Commission, obviously the FTC. And the problem is when you're uh, incentivizing anybody for reviews, you're definitely violating Google's terms of service. You're definitely violating Yelp's terms of service. But more importantly, you're violating FTC guidelines, which can get you sued. Uh, It costs you massive fines. And so... Uh, while yes, there are tremendous amount of people, a lot of well-known people, consultants, speakers, coaching groups, etc., that have this you know bright idea like let's let's do a let's do a drawing. You know, if you like us on Facebook, if you give us a review on Facebook, everything you do, you get like a ticket or whatever, and then we're going to give away some TVs and you know exactly whatever. What I was thinking, yeah. So uh, very common practice uh, and very illegal. You know, and so (laughs) it is what it is. You know, I mean, you can Google, you know, uh, FTC and incentivizing reviews and you can look at people that, you know, are getting sued for it because it's just it's not legitimate in the eyes of the FTC. And so it is what it is. So that's why Amazon cracked down so hard on that a while back. Yeah, I mean, you'll have lots of different waves of different things that happen, uh, you know, and Really, Amazon, Google, and, and Yelp are the least of your worries. If you're going to incentivize for reviews, you know you're going to worry at night whether somebody's going to come knocking down your door with a badge. That's you know that's going to be a lot a lot more traumatic on your practice than losing a few reviews, getting filtered on Yelp or things like that. So Google did just recently do an update, uh, I don't know, maybe five six weeks ago at this point. And Google is – I actually like the direction that Google's going because Google is basically trying to make their reviews the most trustworthy source of data. And it was about five or six years ago in Google's system where you didn't actually have to put your name in. And so you would see people had reviews that were a Google user. And that – what is that? That looks fake. That's nobody, right? And right. so Google actually made a decision and wiped out three to four percent of all of their reviews globally so it affected everybody uh some more than others obviously but um they they wiped out those reviews and they did that for transparency because they want their reviewers to be real people and 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 back then those reviews were not connected to real persons they took them away 
Uh, I like it. Yeah, some of our clients lost reviews, and you know, obviously, we got a lot of support tickets that week because they're like, "Hey, what's going on? My reviews went down." And you know, we uh, we uh, had a list of all their reviews because so we could show them the exact ones that they lost, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So once they saw that, they completely understood and it had nothing to do with us. But more more recent news is Google they changed their policies where you cannot selectively ask for reviews. And while that, I think that the, the concept targets what's known in the industry as a feedback gate uh, where you ask first, you know, how was the service? And if they were happy, then you ask for a review. And if they're not happy, then you only ask for why. Um, and that, that's called a feedback gate in, in the review industry. They don't like uh, that? Uh, well, Yelp hates that. Uh, Google kind of took a position on it, but not the way Yelp does. They, they basically said you can't selectively do it. So, huh. um, so the companies like ours across you know various industries and whatnot, there ever, there was tons of different reactions to it. And I, I'm not the kind of guy that that stresses out and 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 pendulum swings and throws the baby out with bathwater. I looked at this thing and I said, look, if this is my business and I care about my patients, they might not have a Google account, they might not have a Yelp account, I still want them to be able to give me feedback. Mm -hmm. So rather than removing the entirety of the concept of the feedback gate, what we actually did is, instead of only asking you know, for a text feedback on if they do one to three stars, uh, at the bottom, we still give them the option that says I'd rather leave my feedback online. So no matter what they do, one to five stars, we're still giving them links to be able to go online. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing is we've seen absolutely zero uptick in negative reviews. We're still giving the option, but if somebody's not happy, I mean, if you think about it, if you're not happy with a service you paid for, you got referred, whatever it may be, and you trusted them enough to pay them for any service, whether it's a, a restaurant, a, a meal you ate, uh, a dentist, a chiropractor, whatever, if you don't get a good service, do you necessarily want your upset to be posted online or do you want to be given an opportunity to tell that business what was not the what what wasn't good about what went, you went through and give them the opportunity to make it right, make you whole. You know, that's to me as a business owner, I want to be able to get make them whole. I mean, everybody's going to get negative reviews at some point in their life uh, because we're human, we all have a bad day, right? But more importantly, caring about the patient. So we, we kept that in, and it's it's been a tremendous, uh, absolutely enlightening thing. And having sent over a million feedback requests through our software, having read a number of these, interviewed clients, talked to them about their systems, about how things work, about how they treat their patients, what's really been kind of the epiphany, actually, in the last six months is – is it's the actual data that we give you, whether it's how many feedback requests you sent, how many were opened, how many were clicked through, how many reviews you got. You know, we break it down in all the different steps. If you look at that information and you talk to somebody like myself or one of our, our support staff and say, you know, how does this compare? And you get to kind of see, you know, your stats aren't that good compared to an industry standard. It tells you it's time to improve something. Like, what can we do with our systems? How can we treat our people better? 
I mean, I literally had a, a dental office, and, and they deal mostly in Medicare. So, you know, obviously there's a, a certain type of patient that's coming in that's not necessarily, you know, that well off, and they're, you know, they're, they've made a few wrong turns in life. But, I mean, literally these guys were getting two, one, two, three stars, like day in and day out, and they're like, the, the office is like, your system isn't working. We're not getting reviews. I'm like, guys, are you reading this information? The doctor was not nice to me. This office always runs an hour late, like over and over and over again. And if, if you don't confront reality, there's no magic bullet that's just going to get you a bunch of five-star reviews. I mean, you can go buy them on Google if you want, you know, but that's not reality. If you want a real business that gets a real product that really has a high, you know, four and a half, five-star review, your service has to be there. But getting the, the, the feedback is now the easy part. That's pretty wild. So let me see if I got this. If they're only going to rank you a one to three star, mm -hmm. you still have to give them the option. But in reality, like myself, I'm not sure if I want the whole world to know that you, your picate sauce wasn't very good there, buddy. Right. Sorry. I mean, I'm not really looking to nitpick like that. Like, I'm not happy with you, doctor, but not enough to be like, hey, I want my name attached. Especially now that you said the name has to be attached, which I think is great because... Yeah. Uh, an episode or two ago, we had a plastic surgeon on, and he had a couple of people that are trolls. They didn't, they weren't happy with the results, blah blah blah. So they just one star, one star, anywhere they can do it. Yep. And of course, that's going to bring you down, and that's the only first thing you're going to read is that whole one star, and you got two other reviews. Uh -huh. So we were talking about like there's not enough accountability to go after the bad reviewer, uh -huh. or like the, they're extortion artists, like some people. They they have them and like 10 of their friends and they're like, hey, doc, either you can pay us a thousand dollars or we're going to put all these different reviews and there's nothing you can do about it. And we're not going to take them down and right. you can try. Google's not going to help you either. Right. And um, that's that's is that a reality? I mean, it seems like a reality. Does that happen very often? Uh, I mean, I haven't heard the extreme of, of of the blackmail. I mean, you could certainly work to try to get reviews taken down if you have proof of blackmail i think you'd have a a pretty good case you cannot like sue somebody for leaving you a bad review that's there's no, that's not grounds really um, even if it's a lie everybody's got a point it, of view yeah i mean yeah. unless you know unless they said hey you know hey you know you stole a thousand dollars from me or you you know you broke my car or something that you can prove like hey i wasn't even in the state that day that there's no way that could have happened but i mean you know long story short most of the reviews are going to be just ambiguous one-star reviews he's not nice you know whatever which you know you're never going to get that taken down what can we do with that negative review where i had a friend who he has a um a cabin rental uh -huh. and you read the, that negative review and you're like wow this place is horrible but then you read his rebuttal and uh -huh. you're like, oh, man, come on. You can't like all these things that you did. It's no wonder he doesn't charge you thousands and thousands of dollars to fix the damage. Right. So so you can certainly reply. And in most industries, restaurant, rental, whatever, you've got free reign. In medical, you've got to make sure you don't violate HIPAA, at least in the uh -huh. U.S., right? So, I mean, if you acknowledge that you treated them on a certain day – that can be a violation right there in of itself. So the reply, even though they are obviously saying that they went to you, it doesn't matter because they said it, you didn't. Yeah, here's the thing: if some, if you're going to get a fight on the internet with somebody and they're already really mad at you, you know, the likelihood of them wanting to sue you is going to be pretty high. 
Right. So, you know, you got to just be real careful on those. Uh, you know, I I definitely would say reply to them, especially if they're, you know, unusual, you know, like if they never have been in. I wouldn't come right out and say, hey, I, I, we've, I've never read you. When somebody reads your reply, do you want them to feel like you're antagonistic or like, you know, you want to handle the situation? You know, so, I mean, if somebody hasn't come in, I would say something like, you know, hey, you know, I'm really sorry you didn't have a great experience. Uh, I don't recognize your name, uh, but we'd love to handle whatever your upset is. If you please give us a call at the office, we will handle it right away. Boom. You know, then they feel that somebody reading that negative review, you get the chance to, to give that feeling of like, wow, these guys really cared. But you can't say the same thing over and over and over again to respond to every review. That's like people look at that and they go, oh, he's just copy and pasting. You know, yeah. they, don't, they don't really give a, you know, to whatever. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. It's a social media world, and reviews are a social media aspect, even though they're not, like, you know, technically on Facebook or on, you know, I mean, some can, reviews can be on Facebook. But, uh, you know, it's not necessarily as social media like that. But reviews are so powerful that uh, in massive surveys, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of people surveyed, 84% said they trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. Yeah, of course. 84%. It's massive. You know, people don't talk in person as much as they do, you know, holding their phone in front of their face during their entire dinner. And that's just, that's the world as it is today. And, you know, I was, I was, t I was doing a, a future casting kind of a concept on a, a training I did for some chiropractors the other day. And, you know, it's like, what do you think reviews are going to look like in two, three, four years from now? Where's technology going to go? Not just video, virtual reality. You Oof. know, Google's already got the Android app where you can upload videos as reviews. That's already here. But mm. just think about your GoPro stick and think about somebody who invents the technology where you can record in virtual reality uh, dimensions, how, like whatever that technology is behind that. If you can record in a 360-degree angle so that somebody can watch that video with the mask on and literally turn and hear everything and see everything in 365, that's you, – you go to a restaurant, so you could literally sit down and see the entire restaurant. You can hear the chef yelling, order up. You can he you hear everything. And who knows? One day maybe they can even add the smells into it because virtual reality is over your face. The nose is right there. I mean, you know uh, – if you look back to the '60s with the you know the Jetsons cartoon, you know they talked about treadmills and microwaves and all these things that didn't exist back then, but are literally a, an afterthought today. And it's just you know technology is you know moving at warp speed. So reviews are here to stay. Reviews are going to get more and more intense. And uh, you know businesses without reviews or with bad reviews are literally going to be left in the dust. What do you think about Facebook reviews? Do those really matter? Is it people looking at that? I mean, that's another tab you got to click through to find it. I don't think that anyone really goes to Facebook business pages to look at reviews on a regular basis. But what I do think is that Facebook is a well-known brand. Yeah. What I do know is that Google is a well-known brand and Yelp is a well-known brand. So if you take these reviews from these sites – and do something with them. Put them on the back of your business card. Put them on the glass of your your front office. Play them on the screen on the TV. You know, instead of that, you know, TV show that looks like it's from the 1990s. Website? Put them on your website. Absolutely. Post them to the front of your Facebook page. There are so many things that you can do with them to get creative. Put them at the bottom of your emails that go out. 
uh, put them on postcards that you send to prospective patients. I mean, the list is almost endless about what you can actually do with them. And if you, so, the thing is, though, you can't just take the text and say, you know, put it on a card because nobody's going to care because that's been around forever. And again, it's back to you know how easy it is to fake a review. But the funny thing is, when we see something that we're used to looking at, if we format it exactly like a Facebook review, and then we format the Google ones exactly like Google reviews, then we format the Yelp ones exactly like Yelp reviews, and we put those in that format on our content, on our website, on our business cards, people are going to go, oh, that's a review. That's real. That's real. So that's that's how you use reviews. Not just acquiring them is one thing, but then putting them to work is a whole other. I had heard about that. I don't, my page right now looks probably crappy, but <laughs> I went and I screenshotted like a Facebook, a bunch of stuff like that, and put a couple of different styles on there in between like what it is that you do. And, and, and like I'm, I'm practicing in China, so it doesn't really matter right now. So I know at some point I'm going to have to make it look better than it does. But I was like, you know what? Capture them while you can. Huh? Put them somewhere so that you don't lose them on your computer or like, oh, no, that was five years ago. Where did those go? Um, they're still valid. I mean, it's just kind of older. As far as Yelp, uh-huh. I can't imagine going to Yelp looking for a doctor. Am I in the minority? I mean, I think of, I don't even like Yelp to begin with because I think they hold people hostage. Uh-huh. But um, like a restaurant, maybe. I don't know. I just think of Yelp as just like a bully a little bit. I don't like them. Yelp, Yelp is them. a bully, and it's just one of those things. You know, I. I heard somebody say, um, I, I don't participate in Yelp reviews. And I, and I laughed to myself because, you know, that's fine. You can say that in your mind, but all that means is, is you're wasting a potential uh, marketing channel. I mean, mm. you know, as a company, I hate Yelp. As an application that has value to me, I travel. I travel a lot. I use Yelp all the time when I'm traveling. You know, I and I look at the reviews. I mean, we were just literally last week in New York City. My youngest got uh, sick. We needed to go to urgent care just to make sure, uh, you know, it wasn't anything big. Where'd I go? I went to Yelp. I looked at proximity. I looked at number of reviews. Found a provider. We were there. Okay. You know, I, we we first went versus to the chiropractor uh, versus. So, I'll do both for sure. But if, if I'm running around. Uh, the Yelp app on my iPhone is super easy to use. Oh, I and, see. Okay, and I'll bounce around between restaurants and and other things. And uh, Google's that you know, if, if it's a restaurant, for sure, Yelp is the thing to do, no doubt. Okay, medical provider, fifty fifty. Okay, fifty fifty. You know, I would say fifty. It depends where you are. If you're in if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in San Francisco, if you're in Dallas, if you're in New York City, if you're in like a big metropolitan area. There's traction. Yelp's going to work. There's so many restaurants. I mean, what are you supposed to do? So many restaurants. So many. I was in Kansas City the other day looking for barbecue, and I didn't even realize, like, after the the event, somebody started posting on Facebook where they went, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I I was desperately looking for barbecue, and I completely forgot about Yelp or, like, some other website I went on. I was like, I didn't really – I wasn't digging what they were recommending. So I was just like, well, you just got to, like you said, look at a bunch of different areas and yeah, don't I mean, just be focused in on one. You know, I'll, I'll go to Yelp and I'll, I'll type, I'll just go restaurant instead of like Italian or pizza or whatever. I'll just restaurant and then I will sort by most reviews. And mm. so you'll literally find things that have, you know, I, I was in New York City. There was, there was a restaurant with almost 10,000 reviews. Wow. You know, Serving so, they're doing jokes. something right. 
<laughs> something was right, you know. And so it's just one of those things. You just have to, yeah. Some there's gonna be there's gonna be users, and you know, in both areas. So do you only do Google and forget about Yelp? No. Do you only do Yelp and forget about Google? No. They're two separate channels. You use them both. Give us your website real quick. Reviewwave.com. So review and then w a v e dot com. Perfect. Just in case people are trying to tune out of the podcast, I want to make sure they don't have to check the show notes if they don't want to. Yeah. Um, I love to ask this question. You're obviously a business. You're trying to make uh, residual income, as they say, month after month. How are you marketing and finding docs to to sign up? Uh, you know, we basically when we set out to build our product, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time in development and and beta testing. And allowing some natural organic growth, referrals, you know, personal networks, et cetera. And, uh, and now, I mean, it's, it's catching fire. I mean, you know, guys are seeing what their friends are doing and word of mouth has, has been huge for us. We've, uh, you know, started recently going to lots of shows. I mean, we were just at uh, Focus in Oklahoma City a couple weeks ago. We're going to Mile High in a couple weeks, going to Cairo Fest after that, Cal Jam after that. So, you know, hitting all the big uh, you know shows like that and getting the word out, but I mean, it's it's really a no brainer. In chiropractic, there is no product that even comes close to to what we do. There's lots of guys that you know talk about you know systems and talk about this, talk about that. They're either manual or they're just literally like you know use your use a Google Voice number and text the link to your patient. Kind of you know retardedness where it's not you're not really you know, interacting, you're just, you know, again, for asking for reviews. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. a bunch of pain, a pain in the butt. So, but you do all professions, right? Like, cause this podcast isn't just for chiropractors. Ab- it's absolutely. Eye doctors, dentists, PTs, like anybody so, could do it. A- anybody could do it. We do have uh, deep integrations in the dental chiropractic, uh, audiology, orthodontic worlds. Uh, we're expanding into other ones. Cause I mean, a big part of the magic is just completely automating the process. So when we can connect to the EHR, it's completely automated. Uh, we have other ways to connect to different CRMs in non-medical uh, as well. So uh, absolutely, we can work with anybody. I mean, I literally have you know, over 5,000 users of our software, and we've got everything from funeral homes to insurance agents and everything in between. So for you, it's really like the, the software is the software. It just needs to hook up to, like, a, a, like you said, like a CRM. The issue is where do you niche? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Sounds like you're a busy guy. Entrepreneurs, we tend to get tied down. The dream is that we can just work a little bit and go vacation. But in reality is we got a responsibility. So are you able to take vacation? And if not, what can you do about that? When I started in digital marketing 10 years ago, it was after reading the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. You know, that was the, the dream, if you will. And what I found is as I got more and more involved in building businesses, I just, I love building businesses. And so if once I'm on vacation for a certain amount of time, I'm, I'm ready to go home. Like I want to get back to work. And so it, to me, it's not about, you know, traveling the world endlessly and, you know, having the, you know, Lamborghinis and the Porsches in the driveway and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I just honestly love building businesses. Uh, do I travel? I've been traveling more than I care to admit. You know, the last couple of months, uh, we definitely took uh, we took ten days in Hawaii earlier this summer, seven days in New York City. Uh, you know, last week, 
uh, and I'll, you know, I love to work, so I bring my laptop and, you know, I'll work when the family's sleeping and things like that. I, not because I have to, but because I love it. So, you know, if an entrepreneur, if somebody wants to be an entrepreneur, it, it, if you don't love what you do, you're doing the wrong thing. I mean, there are endless amounts of opportunities that everyone has every single day. You could build a Shopify store. You can resell crappy products from Alibaba to everybody on Facebook, just like you know hundreds of people are doing. But you know, and maybe you could make a lot of money doing it. But is it going to fulfill you? Because you know, at the end of the day, you can make a lot of money. You can lose a lot of money. You can go make more money. But you cannot get the time back. Once the time is gone, the time is gone. So love what you do every day. I like that. Great answer. Okay, I'm in business for the past six years. Mm-hmm. I, I've been collecting email addresses. I send out a monthly or newsletter through the mm-hmm. email, let's say, or I send out new patient paperwork, whatever. Can I upload a gigantic file of 5,000 names and start your process immediately, or does it have to be trickled per month, brand new people only? Sure. So Google actually says you're not allowed to ask for reviews in bulk. So. Okay. How do you define bulk? At what number is bulk? Uh, you know, I mean, it's there's a gray area there. You know, I I certainly wouldn't send five thousand feedback requests at one time. Uh, you know, I mean, but if you get fifty new a month, that might be a nice well, number. Let's say you've been in business for six years. Let's say you got twenty five reviews. I don't know how many reviews you have, but let's say you got twenty five. If you get fifty the next month, it's going to be a mm. little fishy. Yeah, it's an algorithm algorithm based system whether it's Google, Yelp, et cetera, there's going to be flags. There's going to be triggers that the software picks up because you just doubled your reviews, tripled your reviews in 30 days after six years. Like that doesn't make sense. Right. So, you know, and then also if you, if you then don't do anything, then you've got all these reviews. And then a year from now, people are like, man, this guy had a good month, but <laughs> he's been a loser for 12 months now. Like what happened? People don't like him anymore. Did the pri- did the business Closed? Did it sell? Is there new ownership? I mean, all these things go through people's minds. Reviews need to be real. They need to be relevant, time-wise, and mm. they need to be good for people to trust you in volume. So there, there's so many aspects. It's not just get 100 reviews in a month and then you're you're good for a couple of years. Like you, you want to consistently be getting five, ten, fifteen. I mean, depending on your industry, reviews per month, and, and just let that stably grow. It's going to be a good indicator to Google that your business is alive and thriving. It's going to be a good indicator to people that look at your reviews and see the recency. You know, obviously, you know, you want the five stars. Um, I'm a fan of 4.9. I think 5.0 is kind of like the unicorn. Everybody wants one, but they don't exist. So, you know, when you see Somebody's a five, got to be a three. Yeah, when you see a 5.0 business, you're like, oh, it's just kind of what you know. It doesn't your mom and your friend. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. If it's you know, if it's very few reviews, it's even more shady. Like eh, nobody really likes them. Yeah, I mean, just consistently be asking for reviews. You've got to if even with that list, I, I wouldn't try to blast everybody. I would just more focus on who came in this week, who came in, how do you those people and just you know start the process that way do you have like a template because if you just let people go wild you the he was great the office looked pretty no we need we need a a three or four question answer this put into a paragraph do you provide some sort of template for patients to, to kind of follow yeah. or guide them at least no see because what happens is they get on the text message they get a text message it says uh you know hey this is uh you know dan from acme widgets 
Uh, we'd love to get some feedback. And then there's a link. They click on the link. They go to a page. It's got the Acme Widgets logo. It says, overall, how would you rate your experience? They get to choose one to five stars. Let's say they're happy. They click five stars. Sends them to the next page. It says, damn, we're so happy you had a great experience. Would you mind sharing that with others? Then we give a link to Google, Facebook, check-in link for Yelp, whatever it may be. They click on that link. They go to that page. If you pre-fill anything on any of those sites, you're in violation of their policies. Oh, I meant do you help them to like, this is a a standard-looking review or like, where were you at? Where are you at now? There's nowhere in that process to keep it super streamlined like that, super easy and user-friendly where you can say, you know, it'd be really great if you talked about, if you said the word chiropractor, if you said the word, uh, the city we're in, if you said, the, you know, like... The it, condition, it, yeah, okay. It, exactly, like if you get into all that, it's going to be really hard for people to do, they're going to feel weird. And I'm not a writer. Of, yeah, at the end of the day, pe- when people are doing well, they're going to, you know, talk about it. They're going to have their own personality, their own twist on what happened. My, my asthma's gone. My lower back pain's gone. You know, that was the best hot dog I've ever had. Whatever the business is, whatever it is. It'll sound natural. It'll sound natural. And then when you get into replying to the reviews, I mean, you can get a little bit tricky in there where you can start keyword dropping some of the things that you want to rank for. You can put, like, let's let's just use the chiropractic example. You could put, you know, I love being a chiropractor, you know, thanks for your great kind words or uh, you know, being a chiropractor in Newport Beach is is so satisfying. You know, thanks for uh, leaving a review. You know, you can you can kind of sprinkle some of that in uh, and get away with it. And the, I mean, those are keywords, and those are going to help you rank and whatnot. But I wouldn't try to get the patients to do that, though. Perfect. That's a great great answer. That was definitely something that I've, I've heard a lot about. Is just don't let them do it themselves. Otherwise, they may never get done. Um, yeah, there's, there's people that believe in that level of control, but I mean. Imagine if you go, like you've got a, a template and it's it's changed like 20% of the time and you, and you go read it, either review after review, it's, and, and you're like, God, this yeah. fake, fake, fake. Like, uh, the, your BS meter starts going off. Like, yeah, this is not legit. There's, something's going on here. Okay. Yeah. The cheese was melted just right on every chip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. Well, any favorite books, blogs, or podcasts that people should check out? Even a phone. Uh, there's, there's a lot of great info out there. I'm kind of a, a hybrid between Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk. Those are two big, big influencers uh, in my life. I like uh, definitely two extremes. Two too. extremes, completely opposite ends of the spectrum, and that's why, like, I'm a, I'm a hybrid on the in between side. I don't travel like Gary does, and I, I don't aspire to own, you know, the football team or anything like that. You know, you know, I don't sit around for, you know, three or four days pondering what's the next one thing I want to do like Tim Ferriss talks about he does. You know, so there's there's opposite ends, obviously. Uh, one of the books, uh, there's a book by Rob, uh, Robin Sharman, uh, the, the surfer, the monk, and the CEO or something like that. Uh, it's called Absolutely Love That Book. You know, it gives you a lot of different viewpoints of, you know, these different things and, you know, how it starts out. It's, it's actually one of my favorite reads, actually, the way it starts out and, and the way he tells that story. But just read every day, find different people. What I, you know, I didn't grow up knowing successful entrepreneurs. I have always looked at books, and I mean, you know, once you start buying books on Amazon, Amazon will tell you other good books that people just like you who bought your other books are buying. 
just keep buying. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amazon's got great recommendations, and what what might be good advice for you today might be bad advice for you a month from now because a month from now you're going to be a different person doing different things. You got to be able to to pivot and, and roll with it. But as you get that data, what I've found is as long as I was looking, as long as I was asking myself, what don't I know that I need to know to go from where I am to where I want to go, the answer always appeared eventually. I have yet to, you know, not hit that plateau. And, it, and it's funny. I mean, it transfer, it's been books. It was books for years. And then as I started to get more success, I started to get the attention of other people that were successful. I had a guy that, you know, had his Google bought his company and, you know, he made $50 million in one day, called me up uh, out of the blue, doesn't know me and wanted to take me to lunch because he, you know, found my website. And so I, I've had amazing people like that show up in my life out of, for, I didn't, I didn't look, hunt him down. I didn't try to meet him. You know, he, he showed up on my doorstep, uh, you know, and then, you know, other, other mentors have showed up along the way. And so as long as you're looking, you'll find them. Somebody was put a post out there saying they went to Barnes and Noble or something and read or skimmed five or 10 different books left and went on Amazon and bought the books. And I was like, that's messed up, man. <laughs> Like that's messed up. Um, but the, I've noticed myself at one point I was reading a ton of books about like kind of the same topic, kind of like the Amazon thing you talked about. And then after, I don't know, five or six books, it's about implementation at that point because you've, you've got the head knowledge. You've heard it five different ways, but really it's packaged differently, but it's kind of the same thing. Sure. And so it's implementing. Yep. Just like with your product, you've been talking about Google reviews. You've been talking about wanting to do that and get better at Yelp and all that you got to spend some money sometimes to automate it. Otherwise, you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. You're asking that random person once a week who got a good headache, if you remember, uh, you know, headache mm-hmm. relief. And you're not giving them, because we don't, even when you're trying to figure it out for yourself, like, okay, how do I change my hours on Google again? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, I want to update my logo or add a picture. You forget where to go, how to do it. And so it's the same thing for these clients. Like, unless I, I haven't tried to review in Google for a while, Sometimes it's not as easy as load it up, write a review. There's a special way that you have to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you can find someone to do that for you, I mean, that's the service I think that's huge. It's just I had never heard of you before. And then when I started seeing you, I was like, okay, let's get this guy on the podcast because I think this is something people need to hear. It's not hard if you got it automated. Yeah, it's not hard to implement. Even if you don't have an automated uh, solution, You know, we've got different ways to ease the pain, if you will, and the funnel still works. Uh, but the bottom line is any business you're in, you you got to get that feedback from people. You know, I mean, I spent endless hours handling support tickets for the sole purpose of knowing what problems people were having with our products so that I could fix them. Uh, yeah. You know, and so that feedback is priceless. And when a business owner looks at feedback, not as a blow to their ego, but as, you know, data that they can take action on. You know, it's it's going to be life changing for them, for their business, their patients, their customers, whatever it may be. What a great time! Again, let people know how they can get in contact with you, your your uh, your business, and all that. Yep, absolutely. So uh, our software is ReviewWaveWave.com. Uh, we are currently uh, open for business in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, we don't do texting outside of those two areas right now, uh, but uh, you know, check us out. You can check out the website. Uh, we offer everybody a free trial. Uh, and I also believe in uh, zero setup fees and zero long-term contracts. 
you know, I, I do business the way I would want to do business, and I always hated buying software that, you know, it's like the cable company. Why are you, if, if I'm going to like your service, why do you have to lock me into 12, 24, 36 months? Why do I have to, what, what is a setup fee? A setup fee is how, how they pay their sales guys commissions. That's what the setup fee is. So let's get down to real business. Let's, let's do software the way software should be done. Zero setup fees, free trial for everybody, no long-term contracts. Matt Prados, everybody. I'd like to tell you about a special deal we're doing right now. If you're listening to this months or years from right now, just contact me. Maybe we can still offer this for you. But what it is, the acupuncture no-needle book. We're doing some bonuses. For the same cost of the book, not only do you get a one-hour, one-on-one coaching session, but I will actually throw in the probe and the ear seeds, which I already like to do. But the big thing is you're going to get the electric acupuncture pin for no extra cost. The electric acupuncture pin actually helps you find the acupuncture points that you need to stimulate. And because it's kind of like a muscle stem, but with a special tip, you're going to get far superior results. Definitely go to needlessacupuncture.net and check that out. Also, uh, the first book, Today's Choices, Tomorrow's Health. You know, we're talking tips from China. We're talking 10 plus years experience as a chiropractor, answering patients' questions day in and day out, blueprints that I personally use to lose weight, not eat so much, and also keep my finances in order. It's something that I'm passionate about. That's why I wrote the book. It's over 200 pages, 40-something chapters. Uh, Again, offering a bonus for this one as well, a one-on-one coaching call for one hour at no extra cost. We got t-shirts, some uh, different state pride, some chiropractic t-shirts. If you got any ideas, let me know. I can maybe design up something and make it available for everybody. Follow us on uh, social media because there are a lot of sales that go on with these shirts. Let you know if you write a review, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, let me know. Send me an email and every month I can raffle off one prize. The prize is to be determined, but we can do that. Also, if you check underneath the resources page on doctorsperspective.net, you'll see all our affiliate links, which we get a little kickback for. And then, of course, on every show note page, we have Amazon links for the books that people have mentioned and any other types of products. So if you click that, Amazon pays us a little bit. As always, thank you so much for listening. You can buy the host a cup of coffee on the PayPal button on the website. And remember, listen, critically think about it, and implement it into your practice. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.